Welcome to Advanced Automation, a podcast by Calvary Robotics, where you'll find industry leaders and experts sharing their thoughts on the world of automation. We're really excited today's session. We've got a very special guest, uh, a leader in our industry with one of the leading companies in the world, uh, Fanuc Robotics. Uh, our very special guest, a dear friend, uh, certainly one of the coveted leaders in, in the market, Mr. Mike Chico, the president and CEO of Fanuc Robotics. Welcome, Mike. Nice to have you with us. Joe, my friend, it's very good to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Mike, before we get into some of the questions, we want to talk a little bit about the impact of the pandemic and what that's meant for the industry, automation industry. Tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and, and Fanuc, if you would. Yeah, sure. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Uh, so, again, my, my name is Mike Chico. I've been the uh, CEO of Fanuc for about three years now. I've been with Fanuc for over 21 years, uh, really came up through the engineering rank. Uh, so I, I, I cut my teeth programming robots early on and really spent my entire career in the automation field. Uh, from a Fanuc perspective, uh, as you mentioned, we're a, we're a leader in the industry, not just in robotics, but also CNC controls, as well as a small line of machine tools ourselves. And so it's been really great to uh, to bring that as part of our portfolio here in North America and and offer that to the customers. So Fanuc overall, when when customers ask us what we do, uh, we, we say we help solve manufacturing challenges and it aligns great with Calvary. It aligns uh, really well with our integrator network in general. And it's 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 my passion and it's what it's what I love. So I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do what I love. Well, Mike, thanks for sharing that. And as you say, it's a more diverse company than maybe some of our audience would know. So it's good that you shared that with them. In addition, the diversity of the market you serve is pretty wide. So uh, we, we certainly can learn a lot about the different industries through the, the FANUC and, and what they do in helping manufacturing across multiple industries. But today we want to talk a little bit more about the pandemic. And uh, maybe before we get into some more specific questions, if we could start with kind of an overview. What's your overall impression of the impact of this pandemic and, and on the automation um, industry, the implementation of automation in North America? It's a really good, it's a really good question. Obviously, you and I have been living this as well as everybody's been living this for the last uh, five months now, uh, maybe a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, the effect to us has been interesting. As you mentioned, we're in a lot of different diverse industries. And uh, if you look at the automotive, uh, the automotive industry that we're in, uh, that industry halted instantly with the pandemic. I mean, shutting down plants, shutting down factories. Um, and so that part of our business really, really got hurt pretty quickly, as well as a lot of others when the pandemic started. Um, but one of the great things about the automation industry and about manufacturing in general is advanced manufacturing in general is, is when something like this happens, how quickly we can react. And it was not a few days after the shutdown happened and we were trying to sort out what part of our business was essential business, what part of our business was non-essential, how many people we needed to be back uh, for various things. And we started getting calls. I mean, the phone started ringing of, hey, I, wanna, I want robots to help build ventilators. I want robots to help build masks. I need robots to put together test kits or swab kits um, or even companies that were already manufacturing those things, uh, the phone started ringing from a service perspective of saying, hey, you guys are open, right? Because, you know, I'm running my equipment 24-7 and I, I need to make sure that if something happens, you're here to support us. And so uh, when the pandemic actually really hit, it was a it was a really positive thing to see how 
our team reacted here at FANUC um, to be able to supply things and then how others, yourself included, uh, at Calvary reacted by meeting the needs of the industry and seeing uh, what what we could supply within this pandemic to help. And I got to say, just in the you know the April, May, June timeframe, that quarter, the second quarter, uh, we saw a, a large growth in, in robot sales mm -hmm. during that time, almost exclusively due to, to to orders related to the pandemic to do various things to help with the pandemic, which which really has a good feeling overall. I, I can imagine in even areas where we probably didn't think about before, like hand sanitizers, whoever was making that was making it. It was certainly a product they supplied to the industry, uh, yet all of a sudden there was this big boom that they had to scale for and, and had to try to manage that. Even Lexan today, Lexan is in every supermarket, every store, every, every uh, pharmacy uh, it, just to protect the you know the interaction between people and allow us to be able to, to you know try to live as much a normal life so the companies who are making those things I'm sure it was a dramatic impact and, and regarding that in automation you know we've heard discussions about this pandemic actually having an effect of accelerating automation in North America is there evidence of that actually happening and if so why do you think that is so I think um, I think we're going to see a couple things. I would say right now, the what I see might be a little bit of a short-term bubble of you know people really need to ramp up to try to handle the pandemic as it sits today, and and we're in the midst of seeing that. So um, we've we've kind of have the business that we normally do in outside of automotive and in uh, general industry business, and we saw a big ramp up uh, in in this pandemic, um, and I I'm treating that a little bit short-term because. Uh, a lot of those uh, increase in, in lines is, is going gonna, is gonna to need to happen right now. But to your question, there will be a long-term change, I think, in, in what happens in manufacturing, not just in America, not just here, but all over the world of what, what happened uh, because of this pandemic. Um, I'm sure that uh, there's some people that might be listening that experience, if there's any manufacturers that are listening to this, if they had any sort of supply chain that was coming from Asia or from Mexico or from Canada, uh, that got that got severely impacted when this happened. And I think people are going to think twice about that from a supply chain standpoint. And then I think um, I think this is going to also impact people from a resource standpoint too, of just trying to keep people more spaced out, keep people safer uh, within their assembly process, and using using robots and automation looks like a good way to do that for a lot of folks. It, it, that's a good point. I wanted to touch on that with you. So the this impact on existing markets, existing industries, do you, do you think the companies, the, the managers of these companies, the, the people that are ma managing infrastructure, do you think that changes their planning going forward? That Not the short term, as we talked about, but even the midterm, long term of how to scale, where they should scale, what they do. Do you think that uh, will have an impact? And in, in if so, how? Yeah, I think the supply chain is going to be impacted. Um, I, I don't. I think large companies are smart enough not to um, not to be so reactive and completely move the needle. But I think a level of diversification is going to happen where uh, companies that had maybe a single source supply chain from a single country or from a certain area that they might diversify that a little bit and, and try to get things more locally at times um, or broaden the horizons about where they're going to be. So. Um, you know, I think across the different markets, depending on what industry that you're in, we'll see varying levels of that. Uh, you know, it's going to be certainly harder in some areas than than others. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to see both a, a, a short term and then a mid and long term change as well. 
And I think it's a valid point. I mean, some companies have indicated publicly that the localized supply chain is going to become more important to them and how they manage that. But um, certainly, as you say, some of these global companies need to still manage within the countries they're operating. So they still need to have a supply chain structure that can support their businesses. Um, yeah, there has been some discussions. Oh, sorry. No, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just making the point that um, a lot of people are looking at the pandemic and saying, oh, all of this is going to change because of the pandemic. And it's probably good to note and remember that you really a lot of this has been changing for a long time, not not really just because of the pandemic. It may have um, highlighted it or, or um, you know, accelerated it in some ways. But the concept of reshoring or localizing or, or diversifying a supply chain, um, all of those concepts, is, the pandemic hasn't created those concepts. It's really just maybe accelerated them, too. So, you know, we've been working for a long time in terms of when, when things shifted to overseas and lower cost countries, you know, reshoring and bringing things here um, has been happening for a long time. But I do think the pandemic is going to accelerate some of that. But I think it's good to note that this this isn't a new concept, really. It's just maybe something that we're talking about a little bit more because of what's happening today. Uh, and I would echo. I, I absolutely agree. I think some of the economic reasons for it, the closer to the the end customer and how to manage that, all those things were playing into that long before the pandemic. It, it probably did accelerate it, as you pointed out, but certainly there were things in play prior to the uh, COVID effect and what that's done in the more recent uh, past. Mm -hmm. So there has been some discussion that new bar, new markets will come out of this unprecedented situation. Do you expect that to be true? And if so, what areas do you think would that would be impacted by? Yeah, I think, again, maybe along the same lines before that um, I think overall in automation, new markets um, are always happening. We're always looking for ways to, to handle things. Um, and I think the pandemic um, is maybe going to highlight a little bit more on the employee safety side um, of, of the market. So uh, you might look into where you have a tremendous amount of people jam packed into a certain area um, and the spread of, you know, even even when the pandemic hopefully is over soon, just the spread of even the flu um, may be prevalent in certain areas. So um, one of the things I think about, it's not really related to automation, is it's just a how many companies went to the, like an open workspace concept um, that now really seems to be kind of challenging when you're looking at not spreading disease around and you're having people shoulder to shoulder in an open space. And I relate that to some of the uh, some of the companies that, that we all go into. And when you're looking at areas where you have employees shoulder to shoulder uh, trying to do a, a repetitive kind of dull, dirty, dangerous that all the D's task. So I think that um, those are some of the areas that are going to be um, affected coming out of this, that more automation, we're going to see that from trying to keep the employees safe and maybe distance out some more. I, I would agree. I think even having, you know, you think about a production line with, you know, six people on the line, having a person and a robot and then a person and a robot, et cetera, will kind of give a, a natural default opportunity for people to be a little bit social distancing, yet still keep the productivity and the people involved in that process, maybe get even more productivity out mm -hmm. of having larger, you know, throughput. So I think you're right. Those are some of the areas that uh, we'll see changes going forward. So shifting a little bit, but around that, that topic, um, many companies are still asking workers, as I, th I know you are, we are, to do, you know, when they can, their jobs remotely or continue to do so. And do you see this having an impact on, say, FANUC or your go-to-market strategy? And again, if so, how? Yeah, you know, the, um, 
uh, our headquarters is here in Michigan. Actually, Joe is sitting like right next to me. Actually, this side, if you look at it this way. Uh, so we're spaced out into different rooms here. Um, uh, so we're, we're experiencing this, uh, this strategy here uh, in terms of remote working. Um, but here we're in the state of Michigan and there's a lot of manufacturing that happens here. And when um, our government allowed manufacturing to restart, obviously our, our essential business were, uh, business workers were al always here. But when our governor allowed the uh, manufacturing business to really turn on with social distancing restrictions, but still turn on, we started cycling people back into the workplace. Um, and it's been an ongoing process of what works, what doesn't work, um, what kind of safety measures we have. So I think that um, I think that the, the concept of remote work is applicable in a lot of areas. Um, for us specifically, I mean, we deal with physical things. We deal with um, we deal with robots that help people. We deal with machine tools that help people. And so when you deal with something physical, I think a lot of those things are difficult to do from home. And, and as such, we've brought really our full team of engineers back here. Um, but even what we're doing here with, uh, you know, creating uh, this podcast episode, I think we've seen um, some of the benefits where when we say host a training session or when we host a sales meeting, you know, our facility here, we can seat maybe 200 people in our auditorium, um, which was a limitation for us. But some of these tools that we're using now with remote work, you know, the last the last uh, technical training session we had, we had 700 people on it. And so you think about how many more people you can touch and the, the changes in travel and things like that. So I think there's going to be um, pros and cons. I, I honestly, my personal opinion is, is I think that um, that maybe too many people are still at home and uh, they're itching to get out and, and get back uh, into a workplace somehow. But you've got to do that in the right way. Um, you know, it's like, you don't you don't leave home without this thing. I, I got one sitting next to me all the time uh, right now. But I think that um, people are going to have to start transitioning back to a, some level of a face to face environment, because I think the level of efficiency is is challenging from home. I think that's been a big a big challenge and we're trying to overcome it every day. Yeah, and, and you're right. There's positive and negatives to every situation. As you said, now you can get a larger audience, but we're social beings. We like to hit the opportunity to, you know, talk around the cooler and some good ideas can come come from that or the coffee coffee machine. And certainly yeah. that's as you say, affects some of our efficiency. Some it's a limiting factor. But there's pluses too for sure. And as you say, the safety of the employees is certainly critical going forward. Uh, I, I know you and I, we spent a lot of time visiting factories, et cetera. It wasn't all that long ago. You could go to a factory and they didn't ask if you had safety glasses or if you had hearing protection or steel toe shoes. But certainly over the last 10 years, almost every single place I go today, that's a, you know the question they ask or they hand them to you. You have to have these safety glasses. You have to. So we may see some of that where you, you, know, you have to have a safety mask uh, going forward, even if and when there is a... Uh, a vaccine that takes care of, you know, protecting us, they still may have to have some of these protective situations in place and in, in to make sure that they keep their employees safe. So there may see some changes from that going forward. Well, I guess it remains to be seen. Right. So um, would you have any advice for organizations on best practices dealing with this remote work environment? Because it's not going away tomorrow. Uh, it certainly hopefully will over time. But would you have any advice you'd like to share with uh, our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, what I would say is, is that um, you, you always want to be trying things. You know, I, I think back to March, right? So in the middle, beginning, middle of March, whenever it was, when everything shut down, 
Um, I know that at that time, when I sat down with my whole staff and we were trying to figure out what are we going to do next, because our governor came on and said, you're not allowed to go to work the next day. And what are we going to do? Um, there is no way, zero percent, that I thought that sitting here in September, we'd be in the situation we are now. I, so that's that was, um, you know, that was six months ago that that happened. And I would have thought six months ago, there is no way that we'd be sitting here like this today. Mm -hmm. um, and then three months ago, um, I wouldn't have thought that either. Uh, so what I'm, what I'm, my advice to people is, is that you've got to think of multiple scenarios about how things are going to be in the future. So I have a mindset where we're going to be wearing masks all, all through next year. So 12 more months, 15 more months mm -hmm. of wearing masks. What does that look like to your organization? And, and so all of that leads up to, I think that, um, companies need to start trying things. Um, I will say that uh, the playbook that we have in place, which is 48 pages long, but it breaks down to fairly simple of wear masks, um, keep a distance from people, wash your hands. I, I mean, there's a lot of things in there. The conference room that obviously you're sitting in next to me in the conference room that I'm in right now have a lot less chairs in it than they normally did. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, the playbook we had, we've proven that it works. Uh, we've been back to work for, um, I think, five months now, four months now, and uh, we haven't had any spread. Uh, we've proven that, that this, this works. And so my advice would be is, is I think organization, because I do think that this is going to last a lot longer than um, even maybe we think now, um, that we should try or people should try to start cycling people back in, start try to experimenting with other things of thinking that this is going to end quickly is probably the wrong, uh, wrong thought process now. And so if there's areas of the business that, um, that, that you're, are struggling because of the work from home, I'd encourage people to try it. Um, and then the other thing is, is and I was just with a cu another customer this morning talking about this is uh, some of the advice that we gave to our employees when they were home. And some of the things that I've seen from others now is take advantage of this time. So if you, you have employees at home that maybe can't be a hundred percent, effective. Think about all the things that you weren't able to do um, when you're at work full time working, you know, working 120 percent, you know, focus on training, focus on um, building up some of the, the soft skills that may be more challenging to do. I mean, obviously, it has to be done remotely, but we offer remote training classes. We offer live live instructed remote training classes where you'd be being instructed by a uh, by a, a teacher remotely. And so think about all those things that maybe if your folks aren't 100% uh, effective because they're at home and you can't bring them back to the office for whatever reason, try to focus on some of the other things that we never ever seem to have the time to do during normal times that we could take advantage of these times to do. Great, great advice. And I, I again, echo that point. I've talked to our team too about take advantage of training, take advantage of contacting people and, and staying in touch with it. You haven't had, you know, the opportunity to, this is a great time to take advantage of that. You know, when you have that, I'll say free time in front of a computer. Uh, so it sounds like you, you have a playbook together. It sounds pretty uh, solid and you got a plan together. Could you characterize anything you thought was the biggest challenge of putting this together? Uh, you know, having conference rooms and less chairs, uh, certainly are things that, you know, logical things to do. What would you say was a really challenge to try to make this work? Um, probably an easy, the easiest question, but the hardest uh, to actually experience, it's the people. Um, when something like this happens, you have people from, you know, every, every part of the spectrum, 
this side, this side, everywhere in between, um, you have you have folks running that spectrum. And so, and you know, as a as a business leader like yourself, we we always want to keep everybody happy. And so, you know, you think about the priorities: health and safety of your people, number one. So you need to keep everybody safe. And but you know that you can't employ everybody if you can't keep the business going either. And so then you think start thinking about you know, what, how, how effective is everybody? How's the business going? What can we do to get better? Um, you couple all of that with the mindset that all the employees have from start, you know, from this side to this side of, you know, I, I'm, I'm very, very concerned about COVID and, and the effect that it has on my family to this whole thing is made up and I don't believe that any of it's even a problem. And so you kind of have individuals for that whole span of, uh, of that, um, and I would say that the way to the way to help that is to talk to people. And that's that's one of those benefits of, you know, you know, this. I, I normally would travel to Japan almost every month uh, to go back to our parent company and not being able to do that. Now, one of those things for me, my free time is to be able to talk to our people. And and that has really helped out a lot of just especially when we were cycling people back in of just pulling people aside, holding town hall meetings, walking the floor and just talking to people and, you know, going through what their concerns are, talking about what we, what, what, what we have in mind of how to keep people safe, understanding that pe- the backs of people's ears hurt because of the masks all the time and trying to find better ways to do that. So those are the, 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 cha- the challenges is really just, I, you know, I, I lost sleep every night about making sure that our people would stay safe. And, um, you know, I'm happy to. I'm happy that it has worked out um, thus far in terms of the the measures that we have in place. I have a huge, amazing team of people um, that have really been working tirelessly since March on this. And and uh, but that's been that keeping the people safe and and keeping everybody informed is is been the biggest challenge for sure. Yeah, and we certainly experienced the same thing. And as you and you characterize it perfectly, that spectrum of of understanding or belief or w- what they understood what was going on in their lives and trying to talk to them and, and recognize it. And, and actually it builds a little bit more uh, teamwork and coming together and try to communicate how we can, you know, work so that everybody stays safe, but everybody's concerns are addressed. Uh, certainly you're right. It was a challenge for us, but we also addressed it very similar to you. So uh, good to hear and great advice. Thanks. Yeah. Likewise. Likewise. Good job. Thanks. So I'm going to shift a little bit, but again, around the same main topic. So most, if not all, in-person, I'll call it, trade shows have been postponed or canceled for 2020. How do you think this will affect the trade show activity for the future? Um, Maybe still a little bit yet to be determined, to be honest, in my side. Um, uh, it, It has been an interesting thing to see how quickly we've been able to pivot. I mean, what we're sitting on here right now with this with this uh, podcast and your picture, my picture next to each other. And, you know, I, I don't think our companies, my company or your company have, have had this kind of technology till COVID. Maybe you guys have, but we did, we certainly did. And we've invested in that. And so um, we, a little bit of a plug for us. I maybe, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this on your thing, but uh, we have a virtual show coming up. Uh, some, a lot of Calvary videos are going to be highlighted through that. Um, so we're going to experiment with it as well. Obviously, a lot of the big uh, trade show organizations between uh, A3 and AMT and PMMI have created virtual events. And then a lot of us as robot OEMs and integrators have created virtual events. 
So ours is coming up in the middle of October um, and we're going to wait and see on that. I think the jury's still out in terms of what the effectiveness of those are. Um, I do, I, I, I will say that I think that uh, this year is going to be the year that it's the best year to do it because you know that no one's going to go to a trade show anyway. So the, the results that we get now are going to be the best or the most telling, I think, in terms of how it could be the best it could be because there is no other alternative. You're, there is no trade show to go to, so you're going to do what's out there right now. Um, I'm really impressed with the way we've been able to do it. We were earlier today. You and I were talking about virtually touring our facilities, um, and I think that's really a great thing because obviously travel is tough, and so I think some of these virtual trade shows are going to be good to be able to show people what a facility looks like without actually having to be there. Um, but like I said in the beginning, what what our job is is to help people. Um, do better at manufacturing. That that's what our job is, and if we can do that through a virtual trade show and or a virtual event, then I think that's that's that might shift things a little bit. Um, but uh, I do fundamentally believe that human beings are social, as you mentioned, and so I, I never, I I won't, I don't think that there's going to be a time when we don't have trade shows, or I, I would say I'd be, I'm going to be really sad if there is a time <laughs> when we don't have trade shows because I. I I, I fundamentally believe that we need to be close to each other and 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 show emotion and share things physically um, with our customers. That, that that's the way to get to know people better. So I think there will be trade shows again. They might be a little different. Uh, you know, they might be a little more. Maybe maybe they're smaller. Maybe people's booths are smaller. Maybe the investment's a little bit different. But um, I do think they will be back. But it it might take some time. It may take longer than we think it would. It, it I I agree, and I'll touch on that a bit. I think. Like you mentioned, you can have now uh, conferences where at some of these trade shows there might have been 500 people in the audience, but that's all you could fit. So maybe with this component of virtual impact, maybe you'll have 500 people in that conference and another thousand that are, you know, streaming in from a, a virtual um, kind of in, interface in, in conference. So there may be some benefits we gain from that. Another thing I've noticed, and you probably have too, and I think it's really good as professionals and organizations, they're sharing best practices across these. Some of the ones you mentioned, the, the PMMI, the, the A3, they're sharing best practices, sharing challenges so they, you know, they can learn from each other and help each other. So I, I think that's a positive. But I, I do absolutely agree with social animals. And I can't imagine that we won't look for that opportunity in the near in the near future, at least in the future, to have the ability to be together again, to take a look at what you know technologies are there, and you think about, and I shared this with uh, discussion with Jeff Bernstein, who's the president of A3, you know, uh, certainly working with, and I said, you know, for many years now, you could essentially buy a car online, you could configure it, and you could buy a car online. Very few people that I know, or very few people actually buy them online, because you still want to go and the proverbial kick the tires. You want to know the, you know, the organization you're working with. You want to know how it's going to be serviced, where they are, what it looks like, what their, you know, their infrastructure looks like. So that's still true. And as, as you say, as suppliers to manufacturing, they still want to know what we are, what we look like. Uh, so I, I think that's still going to be relevant going into the future. It, it'll morph a little bit, as you say, maybe to something a little bit different, but not completely go away. So I got one uh, one other question for you here. But looking back now over these last several months since the uh, pandemic has impacted on you know America and what's going on in America, is there anything you would do differently in the future, uh, knowing what you know now? Um, 
You know, one of the things that uh, maybe still a little too early to tell, but, um, you, you know, I, this is an interesting story. So I, a number of years ago, this is maybe a long time, 10, 10 years ago, I interviewed, I interviewed a guy one time. And after the interview, uh, he sent me a text message and said, thanks for the interview. And at that time, I thought that that was the rudest, most inconsiderate, um, you know, thing that someone could do. They, 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 he, he, I would have written a letter, a handwritten letter, um, maybe a phone call, even worse, an email, but a text message. I couldn't believe it. And, um, you know, I didn't give the guy a second look, to be honest. I, I mean, after that, it was kind of like, well, if that's the way you're going to treat this job interview, then, you know, have that. So. But you fast forward to today and and it, it's it's one of the only ways we communicate where I would, you know, I do appreciate a handwritten letter, um, but it, it is something where I was either that guy or that that, that young man was um, ahead of the times or I was behind the times. And so um, I think in terms of doing things differently, uh, we always need to look at technology like this. And, and I'm always sitting back considering whether or not uh, what we're doing is behind the times or ahead of the times. And I'm not talking about the technology with robots. I think we're, we're well ahead of the times in terms of what we produce and the things that we develop. I'm talking about more social things. And um, so in terms of doing things differently, you know, one of the things that we lacked in the beginning was, a, was really a way to gauge people's, um, uh, gauge people's effectiveness or gauge people's productivity when they were away that we're, we've been together for so long that we just naturally understood if you were productive or not, but then you, everyone goes away and, and they're in remote places and it's hard to tell that. And so we're playing catch up a little bit now uh, from that aspect of what the future is really gonna look like. So um, in terms of doing things differently, it, it, that, that's probably it is, is trying to figure out whether we're, we're with the times, behind the times um, with some of these some of these things that we're doing. I, I think we've we've made up a lot of ground in five months in terms of mm -hmm. uh, being comfortable on Zooms and not having to say, is everyone on mute or can you see my screen and all the stuff that everyone used to say when you get on some of these calls. But um, that's probably the biggest thing in terms of looking back on this is uh, we, we should have embraced some of these technologies a little bit further. And, and I continually think about them. What do we need to do for the future to make sure we don't fall behind? And so I'd like to have a conversation with you again 10 years from now. So we right. can look back on this one and say, so what was that impact and what did it do? And look at the world today and how it's changed. Well, anyway. I, one thing is, I hope that when we do that 10 years from now, we are actually face to face in the same room. And uh, then we can do that. Then we can, we don't have this white line between us of our videos. We can actually be next to each other when we're talking. Exactly. And we can high five at the end. Exactly. <laughs> so um, before, we, before we go, if, you know, you mentioned that you're having this virtual event. I think it's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, so for our listeners that are, that are tuning in and they they may want to be in touch with Fennec, can you at least help them? How, what's the best way for them to get in touch with Fennec going forward if they'd like to know more about your organization and the things you do? Yeah, I appreciate it, Joe. So um, certainly if you know your local salesperson, uh, Fennec has a diverse group of salespeople all over North and South America from Fennec America, as well as all over the world. So um, if you know your local salesperson, that's really the best way to reach out. They can get you in touch with uh, the proper systems integrator, uh, uh, like Calvary, that can, that can help you with your issues um, or your manufacturing challenges. Um, but if you don't know all those things, going to fanicamerica.com. Um, our, our website is really, really good to be able to look at all the different ways that we've helped people uh, improve their manufacturing processes 
And there's really great ways to fill out a form on there and say that this is you, this is what issues you're having right now, and can you help us solve those? And we will absolutely be right in touch with you and get you to the right people that can help. So talk to your local sales guy or go to fanicamerica.com is the right way to do it. And I appreciate the opportunity to tell people that. Thank you, and, and I appreciate you sharing that. I got one last burning question. I know most of my uh, listeners will be asking, so is it FANUC or is it FANUC? That's great. It's FANUC, right off the bat, FANUC. Um, and a lot of people say FANUC, I think, and then people start thinking that we're a German uh, company because it sounds German, but there may be, a, may be a little secret there that not too many people know, but FANUC, the word FANUC is actually an acronym uh, from our history that uh, it stands for Fujitsu, automatic numerical control uh and it, it goes back to when when before fanic but really in the 1950s and 60s fanic and our honorary chairman dr esanaba was it was worked at fujitsu in japan and uh and and a division of fujitsu they let him spin off a division of fujitsu to work on numeric controls which is a cnc control mm. and um yeah that's that's how we became fanic yeah, we consider him in our industry the father of that uh, technology. So That's right. thanks for sharing that little tidbit of trivia information. Again, thank you for being here. It's wonderful to have this opportunity to chat with you, get your thoughts, your ideas, and uh, the impact of going in. We wish you continued success and uh, hope to see you again uh, very soon on one of these discussions. Happy thanks. to do it. Happy to do it. Thanks a lot, Joe. Great to see you too.